0: Like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The hardy boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew.
1: It's a clue. Hello, fellow sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I am Karen.
0: Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for phony Russian royal heirs. (laughs) Up for our discussion this week is Nancy Drew and the clue in the jewel box. And Kelly, I have an opening thought to ponder that is really just a direct question. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready for it. Can you please confirm for me, is the plot of this book just completely based on the tragedy of the romanoff family, because it really seemed like it was. Yes,
1: okay. <laughs> that is my assumption. Okay, thank you. The I mean, I don't I have I that like, like, like in writing from like you know whichever Carolyn Keene was writing at that time, but yeah,
0: <laughs> all right, because it really yeah, it seemed like it was. I looked up a date the the Romanov murders happened in nineteen eighteen, so it would have been recentish history mm-hmm. for the nineteen thirties versions and. Our main We're, character. We are going to get into this. Oh, but good. But there's,
1: there's an even bigger reason that this would have come up in the 19, like late 1930s, early <gasps> 1940s in the timeline. So anyway, I interrupted you, though. Go on.
0: No, that's awesome. Okay, I'm so excited. Uh, because, okay, follow-up question. How much did you slash do you love the 1997 animated film Anastasia?
1: One million percent much. <laughs> It's me too. It's absolutely like, I know it's not a Disney movie yet. It's, you know, like, I, I don't know what what brand it is or whatever, but like, it's one of my favorite animated movies ever.
0: Completely agreed. I love that movie. We got Meg Ryan as yes. Anastasia. We've got John Cusack as her hunky boyfriend, Dimitri.
1: Dimitri. The cutest. Wonderful song and dance.
0: Hair. Oh, his hair. Oh, The yeah. songs he's, are He's like great. a newsy
1: come to life and chucked into <sighs> communist era Russia. But, you know.
0: Love him. I loved it. Dimitri mm. was definitely a big crush of mine.
1: Oh, yeah. It was like <laughs> Prince Eric, Dimitri, the tramp. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, just thank you for answering my questions. I'm
0: really excited to talk about this, but before we do,
1: I'd love to hear about your week. Um, well, Karen, I you know, I have just decided to embrace like that I I am an autumn soul. I am I am yes. an autumnal spirit. Yes. And so rather than trying to keep convincing myself not to bake all the things and like not to make all the soups and i i finally this week was like just do it. Do just, it. Just enjoy yourself. So yes. I am like I'm baking, I'm mm-hmm. I'm literally making like this amazing sounding soup tonight. I am taking cookies to people and then in the meantime I got my I got the the like results of my labor back from my seven weeks of pottery class on <gasps> sunday, this your past deli- sunday your deliverables <laughs> my deliverables are in and i actually have something to show for it like there so i don't know if you know this or not but like it, i didn't know this but when you're making like stoneware stuff i mean i i guess anything but like you know anything that would like ultimately be considered like ceramics pottery right yes um it shrinks substantially oh, in the I didn't. kiln. Oh, I did not know. So, you know, to begin with the fact that I am not very good yet, and so everything is, like, a little thick and bottom heavy. Then you put it in the kiln two times, and it shrinks, like, I don't know, like 10 to 12% or something. So now I have some, like, just very heavy thimbles, basically. <laughs> 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 but i'm very proud of them so <laughs> oh i'm so yeah. proud of you too uh, it's like teacups for birds to drink out of and adorable yeah you're but a disney yeah, princess so, so i'm excited well i mean i can't drink out of it but like you know all the little woodland creatures that i call to myself can i suppose so
0: well i will speak for our listeners and say that we would love to see the fruits of your labor kelly please post them
1: on the instagram all right I, Thank you. I will consider doing that.
0: All right. Well, if you don't, what I do, will source photos of them and post them on your here. Yeah, you
1: probably can get access to them. <laughs> since I've been like pottery spamming you directly. I love um, it. What what would you do? How was your week? My week was fine. I I'm in, like not in my best shape
0: today. I don't, I just slept funny, you know. Oh, you know when you worst. do that and my neck is know.
1: My neck is wrong. I like can yeah. Mm, I know exactly what you I did I hurt my like up my neck like upper shoulder quadrangle so bad one time like just sleep your quadrangle yeah, i don't know what you call it the, the intersection of important and shoulder um, i like couldn't go to work for like three days because i couldn't turn my head and i was like i don't think i should drive if i can't look left oh good so, call i mean yeah, I was like, I can't come to work today because I cannot move my head. I'm a
0: hazard to <laughs> others. I not be on the road. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm glad you can relate. I like, I'm not really, I can't really turn to the left right now. So I, I give you that information so that you can picture me doing this podcast with you. I've got a heating pad wrapped around my neck. <laughs> mm. I've got my slippers on. I'm not looking my best right now. However, I do have a story for you.
1: Hmm. Is it, a, is it about the woodpecker?
0: No, it's not. I was woodpecker-free this week. However, it is ghost-related. So yeah. a couple of episodes ago, you mentioned you may have a ghost when oh, all of your do. shelves yep. suddenly fell off the wall. Yep.
1: Well, the ghost... Sorry, I'm eating a Reese's Cup. I know it's going to make a sound. I can't help it. Like, <laughs> that it's, is... sitting, it's sitting here staring at me. It's practically got little, like, amigurumi eyes looking at me.
0: Oh, amigurumi. Anyway. I love amigurumi. Okay, so... I feel like this is a very similar type of ghost. A couple of nights ago, I was downstairs and I heard a terrible crash from upstairs. Mm. At which point I looked around and my husband and both of our pets were with me. Just like looking up at you like, wasn't me? And I'm like, that's not my favorite. So bravely, intrepidly, like Nancy Drew, I went upstairs to investigate and in a closed room... The door was closed. I have... I may have mentioned, you know, my American Girl doll problem. And these <laughs> dolls are on a shelf and had been standing there for a long time. Like, nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. They they were not precariously perched. They'd been in the same positions for days, I would say. Just, just hanging out. And one of them, Courtney Moore of 1986, had leapt Yay. from the shelf... <laughs> To her death, directly in my loom, no, which is warped with a looming project on it. She had bounced off of the taut threads, tumbled then to the ground, and took the heddle of the loom with her, and her little witch hat, and her witch broom, one of her witch boots were scattered all about. (laughs) Her witch suit was all in disarray. Her suit was in disarray. (laughs) I mean, it was a sight, and I had to just stand there, like, "What? What happened?" Like it looked like she fell with some force. And I really I was like, she jumped. She jumped. She was like, let's see if this broom works. That's exactly what Garrett said. (laughs) Said she was trying to fly. You gave her a
1: flying device and she wanted to see if it worked. So
0: all of this did not add up. It does not add up. Like that's
1: isn't that breaking like like doll rule number one? Like don't let the humans catch you. Well, well, I didn't physically see her in
0: the act of moving. I only heard and saw. The yes, but um, what's <laughs> aftermath? What, what
1: do you call it? I, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to remember this, but like, uh, oh, it's it's like basically the definition of um, circumstantial evidence, where like <laughs> you you see the aftermath, and like while you didn't see it happen. Like, obviously, that doll jumped off that shelf. I should
0: have gotten out my tape measure and, like, done a, like, (laughs) ballistics.
1: (laughs) A full forensic sweep of the
0: environment. (laughs) The angle at which she fell. And it was
1: really (laughs) weird. It was super weird. I'm looking at her. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe somebody pushed her.
0: (gasps) She is standing in front of two other dolls.
1: I mean, I feel like that cat, that's a cat move. That Which she is standing in suit.
0: directly in front of the catsuit doll. You... I'm saying. That's a catsuit move. It was very Squid Games of them.
1: <laughs> that's, that, is some, that is some topical referencing right there.
0: Dude loves Squid Game. <laughs> Watched all of it in like two days. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that. But
1: I I can't bring myself to it. It makes it's me great. uncomfortable. I just, I just want... Baking shows right now, like that's all oh, I'm good for right if, now. If if that's where you're
0: at, then this is not the show for you for sure.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm in a like I'm rewatching Golden Girls. I'm I'm baking along with Paul Hollywood, who just stares intently at me with those like, uh, what what do you call the zombie dudes in uh, Game of Thrones? The White Walkers. The White he's like, Walkers. He's like got those White Walker eyes, and I just I just want to make him bread.
0: Listen. I want you to make me bread too. So <laughs>
1: I just want to make bread. I don't want to like. I don't. I don't want a squid game right now. I'm not in that headspace. So no, totally judge, fair. No judgment.
0: Just Very fair. Someday it'll be waiting for you when you're ready. It's One not going. It's days. not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> One of these days, I'll wait until there's like a season two and three. There will be
0: no question. I think mm-hmm. it has officially crossed the threshold of the most watched Netflix original of all time ever.
1: Wow. Yeah do you, do you, is is it really that good, or have we just watched the entire database of all streaming content at this point? Hard to say a year and a half of pandemic. I do feel <laughs>
0: I, I thought it was genuinely good, but my frame of reference per your comment is obliterated for <laughs> like quality <laughs> entertainment at this point. so couldn't say. <laughs>
1: Well, speaking of quality entertainment,
0: (laughs) oh yes, have we got a show for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: man, there was a there was a transition. Okay, well, well, intro me to this book, sister. Let let me let me intro it up. So, okay, there's there's basically no back information on this book. From from what I could tell, the like the the uh, edit, you know, the standard old 1960s 1970s edit on this wasn't. dramatically different yeah um which is apt because i'm going to tell you a little bit about the romanovs (gasps) oh my dreams are coming true i want to preface this for our listeners by saying we do not pretend to be history podcasts. (laughs) no we do not (laughs) (laughs) we're just trying to enjoy the wit and wisdom of nancy drew and sometimes that leads you down a rabbit hole and so i'm going to tell you I mean, th- there's plenty of information about the Romanovs out there, but I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a an over an overview just for funsies. Um, overview me, baby. I, let me, there's some interesting things I learned in this, though, I got to tell you. So um, in 1917, during the Bolshevik Revolution, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, who is the last Tsar of Russia, is forced to abdicate his throne. Bless him. Um, Bless him. So his name was Nicholas. I just said that. Um, Nicholas, his wife Alexandra, <gasps> the name we of have the a woman in this Alexandra. book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Their four daughters, Olga, Tatiana, Maria, and Anastasia, and their one son, Alexei, um, are all basically forced out of their home and into like I, you know, I didn't look at a map, but like you know, away from the palace they had lived, um, you know, like out into the burbs. You know, okay, okay. In into, you know, um a home where they're basically now being held prisoner. And at one point it looks like there's maybe the potential that this rebellion is going to fail and that they might get rescued. And so to prevent their rescue, in the very late hours of July 16th into the morning of July 17th of 1918, the entire family along with some places call them servants one place referred to them as their retainers like one of them i believe was like a family doctor Mm. um are all like the the legend kind of says they were taken down to the basement and lined up being told they were going to take a picture of them (gasps) to prove that they were still alive oh my gosh and instead they're all murdered by firing squad.
0: Oh, I did not know that. I knew that you they were that? killed. No, I didn't yeah. know the photo the the yeah. photo they're, op thing. That's horrifying.
1: Yeah. Um and they're just like mowed down and Oof. anyone who survives the shooting, they bayonet. It's <gasps> it's pretty horrible. Brutal. I mean, yep. all these little kids, you know? Yeah. Um so from there and here here's where kind of the the lore kind of sets in because they don't want they they really don't want the um the Bolsheviks don't want anybody to be able to like prove definitively that they murdered this family. Like um. that's not gonna be a good look. And also there's a lot of like um foreign diplomacy issues tied up with it. Um so they kill them, they throw them into unmarked graves out in the middle of nowhere and like mutilate their bodies with like acid and various things to try to prevent their identification.
0: Oh, okay. They were really covering their tracks.
1: Really covering their tracks. So part of this too is is that there were two graves. So one of the one of the girls and the son end up being buried separately. Okay. So the the series of events is kind of interesting but somehow this rumor gets started that the youngest daughter anastasia has managed to escape some say that like she was snuck out of the palace before this execution like like that's kind of what happens in the movie right like um you know there's one tale that they kind of get wind that something bad is going to happen and so like uh, a servant like sneaks her out and uh gets her on a ship to America in the movie right um the the other part is that she actually survives the shooting and one of the soldiers takes pity on her and helps her escape and she recovers so
0: Anastasia. this room
1: it's fascinating This rumor of Anastasia's survival then leads to at least 10 imposters presenting themselves to be Anastasia Romanoff in and around the 1920s. And the best known is Anna Anderson. Okay. We also have an Anna in the book, just saying. (gasps) Didn't even think of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Anna Anderson, who – and there's a whole movie just about this imposter situation, about Anna Anderson – um, who contended that she was the real Anastasia until her death in 1984. Wow. Um, and there, like, there were a lot of people that believed she was the real Anastasia. Like, I guess she she looked kind of like her, and she had a bunch of, um, like, scars and wounds on her body that they later found to be some kind of, like, it was from, like, an accident in a factory she worked in, I believe. But... She was telling people, like, these are my scars from where I was shot. (gasps) Um, So here's an interesting piece of trivia. Queen Elizabeth's late husband, Prince Philip. So, like, Harry's dad. Yeah. You know, our friend Will and Harry. Um, uh, No, their grandfather. Their grandfather, Prince Philip. Yes, okay. Is the grand nephew of Alexandra Romanoff. Get
0: out of town.
1: I shan't. So in 1994, using Prince Philip's DNA to compare to Anna Anderson, she died in the 80s, in 84, 10 years later, they were able to compare Prince Philip's DNA to Anna Anderson's and prove, I guess, I think it's through mitochondrial DNA because it's on on his maternal line, um, that she could not have been related to Romanovs. Whoa. So it's definitive that she's not. But Whoa. so what I, and and we'll come back to Anna in just a second, but um, to kind of like put a bit of a bow on this very sad story. um, The graves of Nicholas, Alexandra and three of the daughters are discovered in 1991. And I didn't go down the rabbit hole fully on this, but I'm going to. So if anybody's interested in this, it's it's just I mean, it's such a tragic story, but it's so fascinating, partially because of all the rumors around it. Yeah. Um, but I saw one little snippet that said that grave was discovered by an amateur sleuth. No
0: way. Oh, my God. That's amazing.
1: I know. I'm like, so I have to try to find more information about this, but I didn't have time to do it for this week. So um, that was discovered in 91. The grave of Alexi and the fourth daughter was discovered in 2007. No. So, like, nobody escaped, you know. Oh, man. It officially kind of puts to rest this, I mean, it's not just a rumor, but, like, this hopefulness that one of these children escaped. Um, And they used Prince Philip's DNA again in 2018 to confirm the identity of the remains, and it was confirmed that they were the Romanovs.
0: Wow. Um, I had no idea about all of this.
1: And Anastasia was 17 years old at the time of her murder. Asia, so sad.
0: oh, so So, sad. yeah. I learned a lot just now. Thank you for sharing that. I was, my knowledge was completely limited to what we read for this book today and yeah. the animated film.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I just remember being fascinated by this. I don't know, maybe as a result of, like, seeing the animated movie and realizing, I I, I saw that movie and I guess didn't realize that it was true. Like I knew I knew the Romanov execution part was true, but I didn't really know about all of this imposter situation. Right. And you know, putting yourself forward as this missing missing person. Well and that's um, kind of the
0: crux of the movie though, too, is that Dimitri they're like, you know, kind of trying to game, you know, game the system. And they're like, oh, this girl really looks like Anastasia. Yeah let's train her so we yep. can get the money and
1: then she is and then she is Ugh. um yeah so it's interesting i um i think uh, there's a movie called Anastasia that i think has like Yule Brenner and somebody's going to be like yelling at their phone right now going like it's not <laughs> um, but yeah i mean like the the there is a real person movie <laughs> Called Anastasia, that is about Anna Anderson, and like is I mean it's very similar in kind of a lot of ways to the to the animated movie. So
0: well, I will be watching that, and I went in kind of a different wormhole. Your wormhole is better than mine. Mm-hmm.
1: I know, went. Where did and-
0: you go? So clearly, we've we've agreed that this book is referencing the Romanov family. Yes, and in it, Madame Alexandra who is the the missing sarina, I guess you would say, has Yeah, this... she's
1: they they make her to be like I think in, in our book, like if we wanted to compare it to the Romanov, she would have been Nicholas's father. So just as it was in or I Nicholas's see. mother. So just I as see. it is in, in Anastasia where it's like the grandmother escapes. Yes. She is okay, this makes sense.
0: So she has all of these jewels and Expensive bejeweled trinkets that she was able to smuggle away with her Mm -hmm. under the dark of night and in her collection in Nancy Drew she has it's never named but she has this fancy encrusted egg that when you open it Mm -hmm. there's a there's a surprising bird inside that sings a song and I'm like this is a Fabergé egg yes this Mm -hmm. is are we talking about a Fabergé egg also the antique Mm -hmm. dealer in this book who (laughs) is her best friend is named Mr. Faber so I know I was like, hmm, seems like hmm. we're referencing. So I went in a Fabergé egg wormhole, and I have information on that for you if
1: you're interested. I, w- I would love some. Also, I'm sitting here listening to you talk. I'm like, there are a lot of what we would conventionally refer to as Easter eggs in this book. <laughs> yes. But yes, I would love to hear about Fabergé eggs. I don't really know anything about them. so.
0: Well, here's what I learned this morning. So they were jeweled eggs, obviously. They were created by a jeweler, who started a firm called the house of Faber- fabergé in saint petersburg russia i also just sang saint petersburg russia and thinking about this movie do you remember the saint petersburg is gloomy saint petersburg is bleak my underwear
1: get frozen standing here all week <laughs> yeah it's from anastasia yeah perfect so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was um, like you do I, I thought you just meant like oh i just there's this song that i'm thinking of right now <laughs> Yeah, from from the movie we've been talking about. We've been
0: discussing this entire time. I know. Okay. All right. So the Fabergé egg has acquired a cult status. This is from Wikipedia. We see it all the time, though. You know, art world, pop culture, films, Mm -hmm. TV shows, documentaries, cartoons, etc. All around. They continue to intrigue people. They are symbols of splendor and power and wealth from the Romanov dynasty and the Russian Empire and are considered priceless treasures to hunt, which I will get to. So... They were virtually all manufactured by this guy Fabergé between 1855 and 1970, 1917. And if you're interested, oh, you can see you can see pictures of all of the ones that have been found and are in existence on Wikipedia, and they are weird looking. Like Are the, they? They're all completely different. Hmm. He would make like one a year for the Romanov family, and just kind of clearly had a different vision each year. They're, That's
1: Wild. wild so like so like his he stopped making them in 1917 which was the same time as yes the revolution
0: exactly exactly exactly
1: <laughs> Egg- exactly
0: <laughs> uh, my favorite fun fact about this are you ready so ready He would put little notes in them each year when he would give them to the family. (laughs) The two notes that I found that were listed, one said Christ is risen. And the second one said, you may crush us, but the nihilists will rise again. (laughs) Which made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I love that. I kind of want to get like a tattoo that says that the nihilists will rise again. Anyway, thought that was interesting. Um, Okay. Final statement on this. Remember last week when I told you about existing treasure hunts?
1: Yes, of course I do.
0: This was on that list of people who have hunted and quested for these. Because as many as 69 were created, and we know of 57 eggs that have survived today. Shut
1: your beautiful mouth.
0: Are you serious? That is so fun. So there are 12 eggs that are unaccounted for. Kelly. Parent. Shall we go on an egg hunt?
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's. I mean, isn't that like the the dream of like Antiques Roadshow?
0: Absolutely. I just want to find a rare American Girl doll, but a Faberge egg would be <laughs> fabulous.
1: <laughs> Karen's just like looking for original Molly glasses, but.
0: Absolutely. But I'll take a Faberge wow. egg if it pops That's up. That's
1: wild.
0: Yeah. I, it was really funny that this happened because I was just telling you last week about Missing Treasure mm-hmm. and here
1: we are yet again. Well, are there clues to follow? I don't. Or do no. we just have to go start like knocking on doors?
0: <laughs> start at every Goodwill in Seattle and see what we turn up. <laughs>
1: Excuse me, I'm here to spread the good word of Nancy Drew. Could I please look into your attic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing and
1: hilarious. <laughs> um, oh man, that's so fat Yeah my my only like real reference for Fabergé, not that I didn't know what they were, but like I didn't I didn't know all of this about them. I just know that. The third best Ocean's Eleven movie is Ocean's Twelve, in which Danny Ocean may or may not steal a Fabergé egg. Oh, I didn't know this. Using his wife to impersonate Joya Roberts. And his wife Amazing. is by Joya Roberts, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so she's Mrs. Ocean, played by Joya Roberts, impersonating Julia Roberts to steal a Fabergé egg. It's... If-
0: that's not Please. Nancy Drew. I don't know what is.
1: <laughs> it's it could have been plucked from the pages for sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for
0: wormholing with me. That we I, so much has been learned. Um, we
1: we have covered much territory.
0: Yeah, in the thirty minutes of this podcast. We don't have much time left to talk about the book. So
1: oh crap, seriously, are we really thirty minutes? <laughs> Holy crap! Okay.
0: All right. Well, in the spirit of keeping trucking, I would like to tell you. I was very delighted by all of the one-sentence plot submissions this week.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I have selected a winner Amazing! by one of our favorite people ever, at the Sassabra. How do you say that, Jake? We don't know, but we love you. We love you very much. Um, this person is also a close reader of the, the Nancy Drew tomes and a hilarious personality on Instagram, so I highly recommend following them. They wrote... In the Titanic sequel, an elderly Nancy reflects upon her past as the world's most prolific boat sinker and her desire for one last sinking, much to the dismay of her horrified audience who just wanted to enjoy their cruise in peace.
1: (laughs) Nailed it. She's like, I'm old. I've lived a long life. I want to sink one more.
0: One last. I love the world's most prolific boat sinker is so So accurate.
1: accurate. (laughs) It's like, you might remember her for her investigatory skills. We remember her for the shocking number of boats that she landed at the bottom of various lakes. All of them. Mm. All, Every lake, All one. of the boats. <laughs>
0: uh, well, with that piece of joy in your life, without further ado, it is time for today's super fast plot. It was written by and will be read by the Sarina of Cincinnati. It's <laughs> Kelly.
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get business cards made with that on it, so in case I ever pass out in public, I can just hand someone my business card to get me home. Like, fetch me, fetch me home. <laughs> fetch, fetch me a taxi cab. <laughs> can, can I just tell everybody to go and watch Anastasia instead of doing this?
0: Nope, you can't. You cannot Here. escape.
1: Here we go. Nancy helps an old lady who faints in a mall food court back to her house. There, she learns that the lady is Madame Marie Alexandra. Previous queen and mother to a former king of some unnamed country, <clears throat> Russia. She had to flee her homeland years before due to political strife, <clears throat> a revolution, and is now going incognito in River Heights. She is desperately seeking her grandson Michael, who escaped as a child with a nurse but has not been seen since. Please note, she has his picture and a lock of his hair. Mrs. Alexandra has a bunch of beautiful treasures, including an Easter egg, which opens to reveal a jeweled nightingale that sings something in a foreign language. Nancy's like, no sweat, I'll find them for you. Meanwhile in River Heights, a pickpocket is terrorizing the villagers and stumping the entire police force. Nancy arrives just in time for a pickpocketing incident and chases the culprit only to find he's not really the culprit, just someone who looks like the culprit. This sets off absolutely no alarm bells for Nancy, in spite of the number of times she's dealt with twins. Just saying. Nancy finds a discarded wallet and a photo of a little boy that amazingly is a picture of Michael, the missing grandson slash czar parent. Also, meanwhile, in River Heights, Helen is back. And with her is her new bud, Catherine, that she picked up while in Europe with Jim. Catherine has an unnamed accent. (coughs) It's Russian and is a dress designer, and asks Nancy to be her model in several upcoming fashion shows. Nancy says no problem. She takes Catherine to meet Madame Alexandra, cause you know, they're both Russian, and Catherine thinks the little nightingale is singing Clue and Jewel Box. Next thing we know, Nancy has found Madame Alexandra's grandson, Michael. He has a stuffed lamb and a letter from his nurse to prove it. Unfortunately, he's a total jerk, And keeps selling off his new grandma's russian wealth and nancy feels really bad about introducing him to his supposed grandmother but oh well genetics can sometimes suck in the meantime the pickpocketing continues and nancy keeps running into that same dude who just happens to look like the thief hashtag weird also nancy is in the runway show and trips on a step which she blames on some poor stagehand and falls into the arms of a hot artist that Catherine knows about The artist's name is Richard Ellington and he quickly develops the hots for Catherine. Let's wrap it up. Nancy pokes around Madame Alexandra's jewel box and finds a hidden compartment in which is a scroll of paper saying that Michael's nurse chopped the letter A into the sole of his foot when he was a baby for future identification. So Nancy asks Ned and Helen's hub's gym to literally kidnap the guy claiming to be Michael and inspect his feet. Shocker, he doesn't have an A on it. He immediately confesses to impersonating the little crown prince. I mean, czar. Nancy then busts open the pickpocketing ring when she finally figures out that there are lookalike pickpockets that are working as a team, along with some other dude and fake Michael. On a hunch, she asks to see the bottom of Richard Ellington's foot. This is the artist, who I guess is also from Russia. And there's an A on it! And he has weird memories of a palace with a mirrored hallway. And his stuffed lamb was stolen from him on a train. It's him! The missing baby czar! But first, he wants to propose to Catherine, who says yes before she even knows he's royalty. Everyone's reunited, all the bad guys are apprehended, and Nancy gives her dad a priceless antique she purchased from Madame Alexandra's personal antiques dealer, Mr. Faber. Inside the case, Carson immediately discovers a hidden compartment which contains a secret and invaluable recipe for unbreakable enamel that's been missing for, like, decades, and now Mr. Faber can be a millionaire. This is a weird ending.
0: The end beautifully that i was laughing so hard at
1: it's him the missing baby czar
0: (laughs) (laughs) everyone loves to find a missing baby czar
1: i mean once in a while once in a blue moon you get lucky and you know you turn around and there's that baby czar you misplaced (laughs) oh well karen before we dive into our riveting discussion of Anastasia, a.k.a. Nancy Drew finds Anastasia. Um, <laughs> overall impressions, thoughts, and musings? I would love to share my thoughts on this. I
0: really enjoyed this book, Kelly. same I was super stoked on the whole Romanov thing. V cool. Um, I really liked oh. the clues that were dispersed in little trinket mm. trap doors. Loved that. Yes. Um, I was very here for the clue crew going on a hayride, given that it is mm. pumpkin patch season. Yep. Um I was I did feel like we had a lost opportunity though. I was hoping when they said hayride they were also going to go into a corn maze and there would be mm. you know a race through the maze with the bad guys chasing them. There could have been a great corn maze scene. So
1: Ooh, there could have been. That felt bad that that didn't happen. Um there I is al- nothing spookier than a corn maze.
0: Agreed. I we found one near us that mm. is enormous. I I'm making this up. But not exaggerating, it was like 20 acres or something. What? In the shape of the state of Washington. It is so oh elaborate. God. I would never Do they be found. have like
1: to fly a helicopter over at night to like help extract the lost and missing?
0: Probably. I hope they put a little GPS on every, like a tile tracker on people right. who go in. I would never find my way out unless there was like a trail of snacks
1: or something. Ooh mmm little trail of Swedish fish for me. <laughs> little little trail of snacks. Yeah, I mean um, the, listen, the last time I know of somebody who went into a corn maze, they got killed by Voldemort. So oh not doing it. Don't do it. Yeah. Oh, the
0: other thing I wanted to say I kept call it, the main character is Madame Alexandra. Yes. And I kept calling her Madame Alexander, and I'm like, where is that coming from? And then I Googled it, and it's like a really fancy old school it's doll company. Dolls. And I'm like, I've been thinking about this way too much lately. <laughs>
1: I'm actually surprised you don't have any Madame Alexander dolls. They're not really my style, if I
0: can be completely yeah. honest.
1: They're more like collectibles than like playables. Yes,
0: like you'd have them in a curio cabinet and you would dust them occasionally, so.
1: That's accurate. Not, That's
0: not accurate. quite my speed, but at any rate, Kelly,
1: what are your thoughts and musings on this novel? I, I really liked this one, too. It was totally different. I I mean, I did think I was reading Anastasia. Yes. Um, But I definitely think this one, like this one happened because this would have been right about this would have been within that window that like Anna Anderson was coming forward and there was all the like drama and controversy about is she or isn't she the real Anastasia so I think that's very interesting like we've seen a couple of times now where you know real world events start to get you know like it it becomes a little bit like Law and Order SVU like not based on it's like a rip from the headlines, but not based on any actual person, you know? Yes. Um, even though it definitely is. Um, I could have done without the whole pickpocket subplot, to be honest. That seemed yeah. a little unnecessary, but whatever. Um, you were thinking about Madam Alexander. I just I need for you to know that I kept referring to the missing grandson as Mike the whole time, <laughs> which. <laughs> just was funny for me and I Little Baby stop, you know Mike the Tsar. <laughs> Mike the Tsar, you know? Also, there are a shocking number of fairies and fairy rides like F E R R. Yeah in this book. Like yes, there were. In, including of of course of a, a fairy crash where two <laughs> actual fairies collide with one another. Yes, but they um, were
0: they were punctured above the waterline,
1: so we were safe. But it was a and everything's fine. It was a frightening just, moment. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, um, but I was like, yeah, we're probably not in Chicago. So why did we think that? I know why we thought that. Why? Well, they go to Chicago
0: frequently in the early books. They are constantly just jaunting to Chicago. So there's that. However, there was one specific book, I cannot remember which. Perhaps the one with the opera singer. It was one of the first five, but it's the book where we learned that there is a very large population of Swedish immigrants in River Heights.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: I did some Googling of where there were large populations of Swedish immigrants in the 1930s and Chicago and its suburbs was the number one thing that came up.
1: Yeah, there were there were. I remember that I remember them going to Chicago a lot like via train so like Uh there were a number of things we didn't just pluck it from nowhere that she was in a suburb of Chicago but I'm beginning and I don't think we were wrong necessarily I'm just beginning to think that at some point it didn't they wanted to be closer to a coast for fun yeah yeah more boats and we've just river heights has just migrated east (laughs) it's just you know glacial drift that's exactly happens, right?
0: it's it, in a world where nancy drew has been 19 for the last six years it's all things mm-hmm. are possible
1: that's true that's true <laughs> um well those those are those are my thoughts and musings. so um karen do you want to kick us off with your like i i know what you're gonna say but i need to hear oh. it from you what was your favorite part of this book
0: I am smiling so hard. I'm, like, crying a little bit. Our winner of the One Planet sentence plot summary is also going to be so happy with this. Jake, mm-hmm. guess what? Helen Corning is back.
1: Helen Corning our back. Hashtag
0: Team Helen always. Helen is back. We were so worried about her. So she and her new husband, Jim Archer, have just been vacationing in Eastern Europe, apparently, for quite some time. And Helen has returned an entrepreneur. One might say she is a Shark Tank-like investor in raw talent. (laughs) She has returned.
1: Based in boredom.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. She has returned with a full human, Catherine Kovna, (laughs) who, while on vacation, makes Helen a dress. And Helen says you know, I have never seen a dress this beautiful in my life. You've got real talent, kid. I'm going to bring you to America and make you a star, which she does.
1: Karen, oh my God.
0: She refers she refers to her as Catherine's business manager. She's yeah. definitely her publicist. She's generating opportunities for Catherine's work to be sure. seen. She's letting her, like, Live with them, I think, or at least paying for her room and board so that she can get her feet under her. She is an investor.
1: They they, they rent um they rent her a storefront. Yes, a gym. they do. Yeah. They do, and
0: mm-hmm. that turns out to be a pretty good decision because
1: mm-hmm. not
0: only does Catherine crush it at the fashion show. She snares the affections of the actual missing baby Tsar in a record amount of time, which we should talk about later. And it's now engaged to Russian royalty. So very good person to be friends with. So I bet
1: you can I bet you can afford like a lot of months of rent for like one Fabergé egg. I bet you can.
0: (laughs) So listen, I I yelled out loud. I was like, Helen Courtney. It's great. She's back. <laughs> I feel like Bess and George were on their best behavior because
1: Helen is the mm. queen bee of the Nancy friends. And I was going to say, like, Bess and George were in this book the perfect amount. Like, they were there. They were funny. That was all.
0: Yeah. Helen's whipping them back into shape. Mm hmm. Like, this Helen's is not... like,
1: listen, I was the original friend. Yes. You two need to settle down. Yep.
0: Yep. So that is my chief delight in this book. Um,
1: do you think Helen? Now that we're operating under the assumption that maybe River Heights is more East Coast, it occurs to me. Do you think Helen Corning Archer is like we met her grandparents? They were in a very fancy like lake house. Oh summering. yes. Do you think she has um, Corning were wealth? <gasps> I do. I bet she's like a, a corning of the Corningware company.
0: She's the the casserole dish heiress. That's correct. Oh, love it. Love it. Spread the rumor.
1: mm hmm Mhm. I'm in. Mhm. Mhm.
0: Genius. Uh, Kelly, tell oh, me a favorite part. Tell me a favorite thing from this
1: from this book. Well, I think my absolute favorite moment in this book where I was like, what is happening is toward the end of the book, Nancy has pretty much figured out. She hates this guy that's impersonating, that's claiming to be Michael. Yes. So fake Michael. So she can't stand this guy. Nobody can. He's a total, like, you know, jerk. Um, very uncouth. You know, just not how, not how Russian royal refugees would behave so nancy's like i don't think he's real he chews with his mouth open basically he eats all their food all the time (laughs) Yeah, he, he wants a sammy too much and so she's like i don't think it's him so i'm gonna do some further exploration so at one point she's found this final clue which we have to talk about here so uh you know there's this whole thing where she They open the Fabergé egg. Inside the Fabergé egg is this little nightingale. It's, it's got a music box in it, which, you know, might as well be singing Once Upon a December, you know? <laughs> Except for the fact that during Once Upon a December, the little nightingale sings Clue in the Jewel Box. That's exactly what Beautiful. it about. Beautiful. Like. Thank you. Only in Russian. And so once she gets her one Russian friend... Other than the Russians who own the jewel box to translate, she's like, "Do you have a jewel box?" And Madame Alexander says, "Yes. Do I have a jewel box? Yes. <laughs> who do you think I am, kid? <laughs> what is? It? Yes. So Nancy takes said jewel box and, like, you know, in a matter of moments, is able to uncover this hidden compartment with a with a message in it that no one's ever discovered before, and it it basically is a message saying that little baby czar michael's nurse takes him to a doctor as they're fleeing from russia or right before they flee and they they mark they i mean not to sound like gross but they like slice the letter a into the bottom of this baby's foot yeah so that he like basically so that the, the czarina can identify him in the future for exactly this reason because yeah. they're concerned that there's going to be imposters coming out of the woodwork <clears throat> just like Anastasia and uh, so she's like we're gonna just we're just gonna mark this kid real quick we're gonna like, put a little stick a little brand on him and then you can mark him it was mm-hmm. a smart move it paid off it did I think it's interesting they picked an A I'm just saying a for Anastasia. I'm just saying, but um, anyway, so that's that's the message that's rolled up in this jewel box. Like your your real Michael has an A in, on the bottom of his foot. So this this is all to say. I loved all of that part, right? I did too. But my favorite part is Nancy's like fake Michael. I bet he doesn't have an A on the bottom of his foot. How are we going <laughs> to find out? So at dinner after the hayride fake Michael comes walking in and she pulls Ned aside and says I quote how are you at kidnapping? <laughs> yes. and Ned responds expert <laughs> like, oh I TF, could y'all? die
0: I could just she goes, die
1: great this needs to be quick and quiet I need you to take him keep him quiet throw him behind those bushes and then peel his socks off that's what they do very violent and horrible so there's a there's
0: a drawing of it in the book too that's really good
1: it it is good i just i love that how how good are you at kid kidnapping like deadpan serious i'm an expert Expert. (laughs) how ned i have follow-up questions like i mean and, and i mean i guess i guess we could say like good on ned he like he just goes like i'm in you jump i jump
0: Oh, man, this speaks a little too much about his fraternity involvement and potential hazing <laughs> rituals he may have orchestrated. I think Thank that's you. where it comes from. I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
1: Oh I, don't, I don't know if that says a lot of good things about you, Ned. But anyway, that's probably one of my favorite. All of that is a favorite part.
0: That was delightful. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. My my other favorite moment is related to the massive haterade for this dude and um, <laughs> the Clue crew. Are invited by Helen Helen Corning, the best and best. to a little island picnic for some reason fake Michael shows up, he's like oh I was just walking my dog over here, you guys having a party and he invites himself, he jumps in the boat, Yeah, his dog immediately ruins Bess's khaki pantsuit, it's just they don't know what to do, they're like no one wants this guy here, you're not invited anyway, he comes along, he eats all their picnic food He's being rude AF. Everyone hates him. And Ned and the guys are like, y'all, you want to bounce? bounce. (laughs) And they just pack everything up, get in a boat, and abandon him on this (laughs) island without saying goodbye. Like, it was such a Mean Girls moment. Like, you literally can't sit with us. Find your own way back to mainland. Like, yeah amazing.
1: <laughs> and and even Nancy's like this feels a little mean and then it's like but she was outvoted.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she's like you know what? Fine. I hate him too. Okay.
1: That's fine. Like I just kept I can picturing us.
0: you know John Ralphio and Parks and Rick. <laughs> I just kept picturing
1: him going, "He's the worst. <laughs> He's the worst." Absolutely. That well, and I mean I kind I kind of think John Ralphio is a perfect a perfect visual for Michael. Absolutely. Like, money, please. Money, okay, please. No, that's his yeah. sister, but still. Same, Same vibe. Dick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, is some real, real world River Heights nonsense right there. So much
0: drama. Or are and the, needing
1: a little bit of drama. The first
0: time they've ever really just been, like, mean. <laughs>
1: like, catty. I know. <laughs> Very catty. Like, this this never would have happened in the first edition.
0: Absolutely not, no. no. We were too they polite back then. would have to,
1: like, go to their priest afterwards for that. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I personally loved loved slash was like somewhat horrified by Nancy's modeling attempts,
0: oh yes, yes, let's discuss Nancy's <laughs> burgeoning modeling career,
1: <laughs> poor girl, like I felt bad for her man so 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 for some reason this um for some reason this this, this fashion show that she commits herself to, she has to walk in it four times. It's actually four fashion shows.
0: I didn't understand that. I'm like, I don't think this is
1: normal. I was like, this seems like a lot. Like, are there just that many people that are, like, dying to see – and they can't fit them all in the same amphitheater at one time? I mean, I what's guess. That mean, so. Yeah. So anyway, the first time she walks, she gets to the stairs and, you know, according to Nancy, a step is loose and it moves on her and she – she biffs it hard man and just like now if it were me i would fall tear the seat out of my dress you know break my nose say a bad word all on the way down nancy like falls off a step into the arms of this handsome man who catches her and wipes her tears sets her on her feet she's perfect you know a vision in red hair and (laughs) continues on down the the runway so she, she survives, but, like, she's, you know, it's, she doesn't have the best first attempt. But, but if you're worried, it gets better. So <laughs> so on her third attempt, uh, I guess the second one's kind of fine. She didn't fall. So things have gotten better. Third time, she makes it down the runway and back and then spots this pickpocket escaping through the crowd. Lurking. Lurking and then and then I think does she see him pick somebody's pocket anyway she's she goes to chase him and she chases him and chases him and chases him down the street in full like you know full (laughs) regalia full ball gown with I'm presuming some kind of heel on and absolutely and a priceless Russian crown on her head and jewels tiara yep that she's already had stolen from her and returned once, but that's neither here nor there. So now she's in this whole getup chasing this crook down the street and he chucks something at her to get her to stop. It just oh, he happens does. to be a roll of barbed wire. <laughs> you know? You just casually find laying like, on the side of the street in somewhere <sighs> eastern seaboard, United States. Laying around and and so now she's got, like, she, this whole front of this dress just gets, like, shredded. Yep. And so she has to go back to her friend Catherine and be like, sorry, Catherine, you know, fashion and sleuthing just really don't mix. <laughs> and then they have to, like, remake this dress overnight. Overnight. Mm-hmm. So then round number four, this is where everything gets better now. She walks this runway and is practically ethereal. She is so <laughs> breathtaking and so unbelievable. She practically floats down the runway. She does. She does. Oh. I mean, I don't think goddess was stated, but like, it, it's like no one has ever presented fashion as in this way before.
0: Pristine. I, yes, Bre- breaths were stolen.
1: <laughs> That's right. Pearls were clutched.
0: <laughs> oh, God. This modeling career. Lol, like of course this happened. Um, I also was just looking at my notes on this section, and mm-hmm. I wrote the photo of this is phenomenal, <laughs> which I meant to say the illustration is ph- phenomenal, but I said photo as this <laughs> as if this actually occurred. <laughs> 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 That's how what real you it like was
1: in 1955. You you were just a line drawing.
0: <laughs> yes, and mm-hmm. the 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 photo is of her falling into handsome Mister Ellington's arms, mm-hmm. and um. I had for some reason the, the the dramatic falling into arms reminded me of a chick flick that
1: I am almost mm. positive
0: it was like JLo and she is in an alley and her heel gets stuck between two cobblestones and like a yep. runaway yep. dumpster is yep. plummeting. It's Matthew
1: na- McConaughey.
0: Okay. Is this movie made in Manhattan?
1: No. No. no? It's uh no, it's uh she's a uh, the wedding planner. The
0: wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Thank yep. you. The I was planner. picturing that
0: moment the entire time of, like, just the, the swooning and fall. I was like, okay, here hmm. we go.
1: Yeah, her heel gets stuck in a cobblestone. She almost, but she doesn't want to abandon her heel. No, it's an expense. it's like a Manolo Blahnik like, or, like or something. A or something, right? And I'm like, yeah. okay, all right, I get it. I, get, I mean, I guess I would, you know. I can barely walk in flat feet across cobblestones so <laughs> uh, I, I remember going to work in Charleston for the first time and I was working down in like historic Charleston and it's just all cobblestones and, and I mean everything is just you know if it doesn't hurt your teeth to drive down it it's not original <laughs> and unique to the area so I I showed up to work for my first day you know dressed like a professional human I had like a pump on a, a, why do i say that why do i don't know i that? love that you
0: do though you're the only person i know who calls them pumps <laughs>
1: yeah. um and i go to make the you know two block walk from my parking garage to my new place of work and it, i was like i about fell down 17 times in two blocks like <laughs> so i never wore heels again i i I, I I had to do the New York thing of like, I'm going to wear my tennis shoes and then change into something. Absolutely. But I just never changed.
0: I, listen, that is what Adidas was invented for. Thank you. The I comfort. Your of
1: unwavering support. Comfortable tootsies. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> Adidas, we're not giving that slogan away for free. <laughs> comfortable TM. tootsies. Trademarking Adidas. it right now.
0: Hmm. Um. Okay, so I think my last thing I would like to share with you, I don't know if this is a favorite part so much as I did not even choose to suspend my disbelief, but Catherine and handsome Mr. Ellington just really quickly get engaged at the end of the Mm -hmm. book. They're like, and there's an engagement. Like, they've met a grand total of twice Mm -hmm. for what I'm guessing is less than 30 minutes. But they're like, listen, we're both Russian. We both like fashion. This only makes sense We shall be married. And yes, they are. So uh, that happened. It bummed me out because I really hoped after the falling into the arms of Mr. Ellington, we were going to have a new contender for the boyfriend bracket. But Nancy was not the apple of his eye. It was, in fact, Catherine Kovna. I know. But if it
1: makes you feel any better, we did find out that Ned is not the only guy that Nancy's dating. We did. You're right. Mm -hmm. It was... It was a beautiful thing, too, I've got to say. There are others. There are others. And, I mean, even to the point where he he shows up on her doorstep and goes, like, hey, Nancy, can I take you out tonight? And she goes, I'm sorry. I have another date. And I was She mm. did do that. <laughs> and he goes, what about tomorrow night? And she goes, I have plans then, too. And he goes, well, like, what about tomorrow afternoon then? And she's like, I mean, I guess. I guess that could work. As long as you get me home by
0: 630.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, and and he, at several points he's like very nervous about her spending time around Michael. He's you know he doesn't like yeah. his idea of her spending time around a guy who's like royalty. Yep, yep. Like, very insecure. You better like better up your game, then Buster. Very
0: insecure young man.
1: If she tells you to kidnap, you better kidnap. No questions <laughs> asked. Maybe
0: that's why he jumped so fast. She was like hey. anything for you, Nance. <laughs>
1: Um, My my last thing, this is not a favorite part, this is just my, one of my bigger, like, WTF moments of this book, (laughs) is early on in the book, Nancy comes home and Carson arrives soon after and says, like, hey, we're not eating dinner at home, we are going to a father-daughter lawyer picnic. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) And, like, Hannah's packed them, like, you know, a picnic basket meal, and, you know, it's probably all hot with, you know, like, sterno involved and, you know, just impractical picnic food, I'm guessing. But they they go to the, which this also seems very random to me, like, are there enough lawyers with daughters in River Heights to have a quick got up picnic?
0: I like would not, not have thought so,
1: but. But okay, so they go. And while at this picnic, Nancy here, some one of the dads has bought his daughter an enamel-like compress or mirror or something. A compact, yes. Compact, yeah, thank you. With like an enamel design on it. He drops it. The enamel breaks. He goes, ah, curses. If only that secret Russian enamel non-crack formula (laughs) hadn't been lost. This never would have happened. Oh, (laughs) it does happen. You're right. And then on the last page of the book, Carson finds this, you know, hidden nook in in this box that Mr. Fabergé gives him. And, uh, oh, guess what? There's the secret non-crack enamel formula that's been missing for decades. And I'm just like, why? Like, so <laughs> funny. We were
0: just talking about this like 48 hours oh ago. Oh, my
1: God. This is just, you know, I could really use a compact that I can throw on the ground like my iPhone. You know? <laughs> yes. <sighs> I'm really that's glad you.
0: you, I'm so glad you brought that up because that actually transfers really well into it would have been awesome if, which you are the, the queen, the Sarina of, but I had one this week directly related to what you were just saying and my it would have been awesome if short but sweet i think they should have given ned who we know from the fireworks incidents of previous books considers himself a chemist i think they should have given him that formula like hey chemist go revive this then maybe like ned could create his own fortune he could get a little skip in his step so that he'll finally have a real activity to do other than just trying to like consistently hitch his apple wagon to nancy's star every single day like get get your own thing ned and here's a secret russian enamel formula have fun go
1: go mix up a batch of this and try to you know be your own human
0: listen not the most epiphanic it would have been awesome if but i love it, it it would have been so i feel certain since you loved this book that you will have a revised plot for me please tell me what you would like to have seen in this novel
1: (laughs) okay i i do have a recommendation if i were to write this this book over again okay Okay. and okay i'm just i'm just gonna tell you what i would have done it would have been awesome if mr ellington who is the artist who ends up getting engaged to Catherine, who is ultimately the missing baby czar yeah baby czar (laughs) If he had been involved in the book way more than just being this rando artist who some kind of intersects with Catherine, yes, yes. So yes. we need because like we have fake Michael, and we needed a real foil to him. You know, like we don't like fake Michael. Like he, it's not no. like he's a good guy um that you know we're like ah, oh, but you know at le- you know yeah we know he's not the real one but like he's a really good guy and he needs to No, like we don't like him he is set up to not like and we need somebody to root for um so in my book the pickpocket ring has discovered madame alexandra's real identity somehow mm. and they intentionally set out to impersonate michael Uh, in order to do this they do some research and they figure out that the only way to identify the real michael is through word from his nurse that helped him escape and has taken care of him through the years and through this small stuffed lamb which was the only personal belonging other than like the clothes on his back that he was able to take with him out of russia
0: yep 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 i'm with you
1: so they manufacture these items you know they they forge these two identifiers and so in that way we get we get all kinds of juicy details about like these amazing forgeries so like you know maybe they purchase russian books from 25 years ago and they take out the blank end papers and use that to forge (gasps) letters from the nurse and yeah you know all this stuff right so one of the criminals then presents himself as michael but when the wheels start to fall off, because he is such a bad actor, like, just, just fake it a little bit better. For um,
0: sure.
1: They, the, the criminal gang decides to rob Alexandra before she can put all the pieces together. Okay. In the meantime, Mr. Ellington has been involved in this book the whole way along. So he gets engaged to help Nancy in her investigation as, like, a Russian translator. <gasps> yep. So he gets brought in early on. Um, he makes really quick friends with Alexandra and also Anna her her like assistant housekeeper kind of person um, because he can speak to them in their own language he can like you know take off pickle jar lids and stuff like that around the house <laughs> um, <laughs> he can run errands he's definitely not bringing like man-eating dogs over to the house so um, and he's the one then who they play you know when they open this faberge egg he hears and identifies this clue in the jewel box in the nightingale yes. song yes yep yep um that then obviously sit just like in our book like it leads nancy to the final clue that can finally identify him but like without him, without him nancy would have never found that clue so right. it's it kind of a you know um So then when Nancy gets that bad feeling one night that the two women might be in danger, she sends Ellington to check on them. And there he's able to, like, either stop the criminals um, entirely or at least he's able to capture fake Michael and, like, catch him red-handed in the act of, like, robbing Alexandra and tying up Anna or something. And he then, with Nancy, helps solicit a confession from fake Michael about this impersonation attempt. So... It's only through, though, hearing this confession that Ellington realizes how he, how Michael has, fake Michael, has, like, put himself up. He it, Those are the only ways he, that's the only way he hears the details about how they can identify the real Michael. And I he see. starts to put two and two together and goes, like, well, I have a stuffed lamb from my, from my babyhood. And mm-hmm. I had a Russian nurse and... I have this letter from her that, you know, is labeled not to open unless or blah, blah, whatever. Um, and then at that point, Nancy says, let me see your foot. And it seals the <laughs> deal. And they realize that this this guy that Alexandra already loves now gets to be her grandson. And so maybe it's a little obvious. Like, I, it's probably something that, like, if that were the plot and I were to read it right now, I'd be like, it was too obvious. Of course it was him, right? But... I don't know. I think you could do it. I
0: think this makes a, I love this. And I the aspect I love about it, other than all of it, is that like <laughs> he's hidden in plain sight the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what you just said at the end, like they genuinely come to love each other and care for each other without even knowing
1: mm-hmm.
0: that they are in fact lost Lated. relationships I can't. I don't know what sentence I was trying to make there, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you mean.
1: So anyway, that's that's my that's my suggestion for better or worse. Accepted
0: exception suggest. Wait, what suggestion accepted? <laughs> exception suggested. I'm suggestion. I'm having a hard time with the words.
1: <laughs> well, perfect time then for you to take over and tell us about Nancy's resume. Uh-oh. Okay, here
0: we go. Some <laughs> new things that we know about Nancy Drew this week. It says early in the book that she has a photographic memory.
1: I picked up on that too. I was like, we didn't know that before.
0: Yeah, okay. That makes me feel better. I'm like, I don't think we've ever said this because she sees, I'm not even going to go into it, but she sees a business card in somebody's wallet and glances at it and can only see half of the business card, but she memorizes the halves of all of the words on the business cards, of uh, card Using that she can see.
1: photographic memory.
0: Yeah. So like that's, really helpful
1: yeah i mean
0: right also it doesn't really make sense given some things that have happened in past books like her difficulty remembering the half of the map that she (laughs) a good loss like so uh, but maybe this is like a recent addition to the resume i don't know i
1: i do remember being a kid maybe it was from these books i don't know and being like trying trying to develop a photographic memory. I was yes. like that would be a really cool thing to have, you know.
0: Yeah. It Did didn't it work? take. It's okay. kind of <laughs> like it's
1: like kind of like trying to grow up and be a twin, you know.
0: <laughs> Precisely. Um okay, fashion model extraordinaire, we discussed that. Mhm. No no more discussion needed. One thing that is lacking from her resume, Kelly, where I think we could use a little more of uh, training. <laughs> would be when it comes to the
1: care and handling of
0: firearms.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you said the care and handling for just a second. Oh, the
0: care and handling. Yes, yeah. uh, also care and handling. The care, space, and space handling of <laughs> firearms. The mm-hmm. reason that I added this to the resume, there is an incident in this book where she sees a man who is in their home, Mm -hmm. talking to Carson Drew in his office and pointing a revolver at his face. (laughs) Speaking in a somewhat threatening tone, at which point Nancy picks up a rock. (laughs) She's outside, by the way. She picks up a rock, throws Mm -hmm. it through the open window to knock what she assumes to be a loaded gun pointed at her father's face out of this man's hand. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, listen, I am also not trained in the care and handling of firearms, but that seems like a horrible idea to me.
1: Well, it is pretty clear to me that Nancy learned how to, like, disarm someone at the same night school that Carson learned how to disarm a bomb. <laughs> just like, just whack it, it away. with something yeet heavy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, just kick it, you know? Oh. Um, also, can we do, I, I do think we need to acknowledge, though, what an arm Nancy has on her. Like, that is some precision rock throwing. Very good point. So, okay, you're
0: right. We do have something to add to the resume then. You're right. She does get a gold star for that.
1: She's got like a shortstop arm, man. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do that. But yeah, I mean, like, I think a general rule of thumb is that's probably not a good way to disarm something. No, no,
0: no, no. I was like, well, Carson's going to die No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also love that and love being used heavily sarcastically throughout this entire podcast in general, but I also love that it was all this big misunderstanding that the guy pointing the gun at Carson yeah. was just trying to I'm oh, I was trying to sell him this gun. And this and is Carson, like I'm sorry, that's not how you display a wear for no. uh, your wares for sale. Like Absolutely not. Like
0: well and then Carson's kind of a dick if I can just swear briefly. Yeah. 'Cause he's yes. like, Nancy, you should apologize to him. Your sleuthing was incorrect in this case. Bro, fine. I'll okay, just never next
1: time you can get shot in the face. I'll Don't never man. help
0: you again. I did not yeah. like the way that he spoke to her. That was incorrect in my opinion. I
1: agree. Thank it's you. like, well next time, father, I'll be like, excuse me, um dad, are you in danger or am I misreading the situation? Right. Like let's pause and assess the situation. No,
0: absolutely not. Don't point
1: no. guns at people's faces.
0: Prop or not, everyone knows what happened with the crow. Don't do it. What happened with the crow? (gasps) The movie The Crow? You don't know about this? No. Oh, it's a very serious tragedy.
1: All I'm picturing right now is Shet's Creek.
0: Oh, the crow 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 winning? winning. (laughs) Well, have you ever seen the movie The Crow? Uh uh. Oh, you should watch it. It is fantastic. Can you even picture what I'm talking about? No. Oh my goodness gracious you need to watch the crow immediately it is a very it is an important film of our generation you have to watch it i will say no more i hope everyone else is as horrified as i am by this information by the way <laughs> but the the main actor was killed on set because of what a scene with a gun also oh, it, it wasn't it's not the plot no, like somebody <gasps> pointed a gun at him and fired it in oh the God. filming of this movie and it was loaded and killed
1: him. Oh my God, that's horrible. Horrifying. No, I have never heard that.
0: Yeah, it's, I Ooh. believe that that is 100% true unless it's an urban legend that has gone around, but I, I am largely certain that that is exactly what happened. So, uh, agreed, do not scary. point a weapon at anyone ever. Carson,
1: yeah, Carson. Oh,
0: well, that's what I have for Nancy's resume this week, Kelly.
1: Very good. Perfect. Sorry
0: to end on a dark note. I have, okay. Yeah. Open questions. We have yeah. some. Um, unimportant. But did we ever figure out why Carson Drew has two wallets at all times?
1: <laughs> no, no, we did not. I mean, the only thing I could I figured out was that like was one of them like. <sighs> I don't know why you would, like, it seemed to be that one of his wallets, quote unquote, was like, just this donation money. Like, yeah, did, did they yeah. hand him the donation money in some in a wallet. <laughs> container? Maybe. That was would it, make like, sense. Was it like a bank envelope that he was calling a wallet? I don't know. He Otherwise, he's just wallet. weird. Does he had anybody two. carry two wallets?
0: Maybe it's smart, though, because I've heard from lots of men that if you put your wallet in your back pocket, you can actually get really bad back problems from sitting on it, unevenly sitting for so long.
1: Oh, so maybe you need a wallet for both butt cheeks?
0: Yeah, like Garrett just puts his wallet in his front pocket because he's like, no, man, it'll throw your back out. And so maybe he wow. just had his, maybe Carson's alternative was a double wallet. Now a I'm balanced. <laughs> a
1: double wallet. <laughs> it's like a booster seat. Exactly. Oh, it gives him a little height at the table and so he can Carson's like, you know, I've got kind of a carpal tunnel situation going on. This just kind of lifts me into a more ergonomic position. <laughs>
0: he would he would do that and now Um, i'm gonna have back trouble because somebody stole my right wallet i know poor guy it's hard to be carson drew man poor
1: carson um well i i have i have i have a an open question for you please ask it Uh, should we should we like add to our list of to-dos writing nancy drew the musical yes we should perfect so um in addition to rewriting all of these books and i know we've identified like at least 15 other side projects we want to tackle in while like pottering potting, Pot- potting? pottery yes cooking watching the crow weaving weaving playing with dolls <laughs> theoretically working full time jobs um <laughs> Let, I think we also need... We need Nancy Drew the musical. How has this not happened? If it has, somebody's going to be like... Somebody wrote Nancy Drew the musical in, you know, 2002. It was... it. I mean, I'm not aware of it.
0: I'm not either. And so if it did exist, it didn't do well, which means it needs to be done again.
1: hmm So my question is, are we going to try to, like... Are we going to try to take one story and make an entire musical about solving one mystery? Or are we going to try to pack like a whole bunch of them into one musical? I think it
0: should be a whole bunch of shenanigans packed into one musical. And it's more about the life of Nancy Drew than one particular mystery. Mm,
1: Perfect.
0: So like some things that leap out at me. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Can't you picture like an on on screen, on stage number that's like a dating game, a dating game show of the boyfriend bracket. The
1: boyfriend bracket. Where there's you can like make it like the dating game.
0: Yes, like contestant number one is John McBride, contestant number two is Mr. Ellington, you know, et cetera.
1: Except the last time the dating game was popular there was a serial killer as a contestant.
0: There was, yes, which could make this interesting. Maybe a contestant is one of the bad guys and she has to identify them by their voice.
1: <laughs> Ooh. And then can we find out that the bad guy that she picks has a twin?
0: Yes, there should be a, a, a like catchy little number dance ensemble that's like twins again. <laughs> Just like pairs of twins talking about how common perfect. twins are in River Heights.
1: That's perfect. I want it to be a tap number.
0: Absolutely. There it is definitely like tap twins dancing. seem
1: like tappers to me. Oh, there
0: has to be tap dancing because Nancy Drew is a tap dancer.
1: Oh my God, yes, she will tap. Nancy Drew will tap. She'll be in a runway show. She'll arrange flowers. Can we sink a boat? Like a duh, (laughs) of course. On stage, I feel like if you you worked on Miss Saigon, there was a helicopter, and
0: that we can sink a boat on stage.
1: They there's literally a Titanic the musical, so perfect. What other numbers would we include? I mean, I think there's going to have to be a Ned, Burton Dave, like, football, (laughs) like a football number that is all just a big metaphor for how much they love Nancy, George, and Bess.
0: I love it. I love it. And they do, like, all of their camp counselor things in it. They're, like, making lanyards.
1: (laughs) Yes. Every time we see the guys, they'll be at a different job. Yes, (laughs)
0: like Kurt and Gilmore girls. (laughs) Exactly,
1: that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Kirk, (laughs) Kirk. did I say the wrong Kirk? Kirk. Uh, Perfect, perfect, perfect. I can't, I'm okay. We got to start working on it.
0: I'm sold. I'll start with you tonight.
1: Perfect, I can't wait. Um, so Karen, should we rate this guy? We should rate this puppy. Alright, so this week, probably not shockingly, we are rating the clue in the jewel box out of a 12 possible Fabergé eggs. Fantastic. So, what do you rate this jewel? You know,
0: Kelly, I'm going to give this shimmering jewel a 9 out of 12 Fabergé eggs.
1: (gasps) That's a pretty high score.
0: It is. I loved, as you said, the historical tie-ins to the Romanov family. Love me some Anastasia. Um, Most of my eggs came from Helen's reappearance. No shock.
1: No surprise there,
0: and I did remove three Faberge eggs for no terrifying chase through a corn maze after a hayride.
1: Yeah, like that was something I didn't even know that I wanted until you said it. <laughs> but, but now I want it. <laughs> it could so be, we'll bad. put it
0: we'll put it in the musical.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it w- Oh, you know what would have been awesome is if they had uh, they had ditched fake Michael in the corn maze. Yes. Double-ditched. On, once double on the island,
0: ditch. once in the corn maze. No one wants you here, fake Michael.
1: Oh, man. Well, I also am giving it 9 out of 12 Fabergé <gasps> eggs. I love when we match. Same. Um. So I, I minused them 7 eggs for the twin pickpocketers. I'm okay. Unnecessary. Yep, agreed. Um, but I gave back 2 eggs for the Mean Girls boating incident. I... I both loved and I was somewhat horrified by it. I I didn't like love that side of Ned, but I did love that it happened. I, I just I was like that. Okay, we're just gonna leave this guy on this island. Let's go, Kelly. Pack I your stuff.
0: I hate to do this, but I'm gonna question your math on this one.
1: <laughs> did I not give him enough eggs back?
0: So you uh, you took, oh, away, took seven away seven eggs, eggs, which would be five, mm. and then you added two back. Which would All be right. seven.
1: I'll, I'll give him another two eggs back for uh, for a Helen reemergence.
0: Fantastically done. Yes, yeah. Helen deserves eggs.
1: <laughs> she does deserve <laughs> eggs. I was very happy to see her as well. I'm. I really. I really think she's a Corning, like a a where Corning. corning. Uh,
0: I really love that the 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 heiress to the casserole fortune. I love that for her so much.
1: <laughs> Karen, what are we reading next?
0: Next week, Kelly, we are reading Nancy Drew and the Secret in the Old Attic. I'm excited for this one. Not to be confused with The Secret and The Old Clock. We are now in an old attic. It sounds pretty good from what I've read. Mm. Um, I don't know a ton about this, but I just glanced at the Wikipedia. Apparently the original of this from the 30s includes a subplot where a woman named Diana tries to steal Ned away from Nancy, which... Take him. No one wants him. It's fine. I think that this is edited out of the version that we'll be reading, which is kind of a bummer. But I do think we will still have some drama coming our way.
1: Oh man! Well, I was I was all prepared to start figuring out how much the royalties were going to be to use Jolene for underscoring, but it's <laughs> not. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for all of the listens and everything. And if you haven't already, if you would do us a solid and rate, review, subscribe, um, and please tell a friend. And you can find us on Instagram at It's Clue Podcast.
0: Perfect. And Kelly, remember what we learned today, at Nancy Drew, and the mystery of the clue in the jewel box. Mm, what did we learn? It is that you should always leave a clue on the bottom of someone's foot if you want to be able to easily identify them later. Even Andy from Toy Story knew this. <gasps> about that the whole time like woody woody's little cowboy boot that said andy on the bottom it was it's even an a maybe that's why it was an a on the guy's foot for andy
1: i think one of these things did come first i think it you're was correct. not andy from toy story <laughs> well with that happy, happy sleuthing. sleuthing it's a clue is hosted by kelly Biscopink pink and karen farmer our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It-